Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Hey, we're really glad uh, that you're with us today uh, on this Sunday morning and wanted to take uh, a brief moment as we're journeying through the book of Acts and we're looking at uh, Acts as a field guide for us, not just a historical document, not just another thing that we read uh, in the scriptures, but Acts particularly is really our way to see how do we live as the church uh, in this age, the age where uh, Jesus has ascended and the Holy Spirit has fallen. How do we operate as a, as a people, uh, as a people of God? And so that's how we're approaching the book of Acts. Uh, we made it all the way through chapter 19, and um, we still have some more to go uh, as we get through this. But Paul in chapter 19 gets to a city called Ephesus. Now, Ephesus is where uh, later Paul writes uh, his, his letter to uh, the church there uh, titled Ephesians. And then we have, and we're actually going to be getting into Ephesians this fall in a series called uh, The Authority of the Believer. So we're really excited about that and looking forward uh, for you joining us then. But here Paul comes in Ephesus and he begins to turn the world upside down again. Riots break out. Fights happen. They're, they're beaten. They're... Their whole economic system is appended, all because of the story of Jesus, all because of the gospel of Jesus, the Messiah. You see, Paul is offering another narrative to the culture that upends everything. The gospel of Jesus the story of Jesus and what that means, him being Lord over all, over all of our lives, that story should upend everything. And we see a picture in Ephesians of a town, a large city, that was completely economically disrupted, completely culturally disrupted, because of a simple fact. Because Jesus showed up. The message of Jesus when he says, go, and I will be with you always, Jesus was with Paul. And while Jesus was with Paul, we see Paul preaching the message of Jesus, turning the world upside down. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to read some scripture and have a, a little chat about some of the things that I feel like the Lord is saying to us from, from this book. Lord, we do thank you. We thank you that you're Lord. Would you teach us what that means? It means that you reign supreme over our lives. Would you show us parts of our lives that aren't under your authority, that you, you don't have a say in because we're trying to do our own way? Would you point those out? Holy Spirit, would you search us? Would you come in a greater way? Would you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what it is you have for us today? And Jesus, we just say you're in charge. You just, you have a blank check for our lives. You spend us as you want. And it's in your name. Amen. 
So this chapter is full, I mean full of incredible things that, uh, that, that happens throughout the city. I really encourage you to read, to read the whole chapter and, and maybe even dig in a little bit further into, into Acts and, and then Ephesians as well. Lots to talk about. I don't have time uh, today to talk about everything that goes on in this chapter. It's jam full. But what I felt like the Lord was sort of pulling me into was this particular story that we, we, we think about uh, that's here called the Sons of Sceva. So the, these were uh, Jewish itinerant ministers that were going about doing demonic exorcisms. And just relax, we're not talking about exorcisms today. It's next week. Um, I'm kidding, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but I want, to, I want us to read here in chapter uh, 19, verse 11. It says this, it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. That's an interesting interesting sentence unusual miracles miracles are typically unusual but apparently these miracles were crazy unusual and so much so it goes on it says so that even handkerchiefs aprons handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them a little side note we have these online zoom healing rooms and we were trying to figure out how do we continue to pray for the sick as a church during this time. It's, it's one of our values. And how do we continue to do that? And so the only way we had was over the phone or over through some sort of online thing or Zoom. And, and this was a, a scripture that gave me a lot of comfort and a lot of courage to, to press into that. I figured if, if the Holy Spirit can use handkerchiefs and aprons, he can use Zoom rooms. And sure enough, We've seen unbelievable healings take place uh, in the context of our online healing rooms and, and, and different healing prayers and even deliverance. So I would encourage you, that's going to be on the uh, Facebook page uh, right now, uh, to go and, and sign up for those if you need prayer for healing or, or anything like that. But it's just an interesting tie-in here. So then in verse 13, it says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus, over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. That's a bad day in the ministry just so you know. Um, but this story is meaningful to us. And it's meaningful to us in, in multiple different contexts. But what I felt like the Lord was pushing up on us and, and, and challenging myself on is this idea of, of there was already, apparently, itinerant Jewish exorcists. They were going about, they were coming in against evil spirits. And that was already taking place. And remember the the Jewish people were the people that God established so long ago in the Old Testament. And the New Testament is basically a continuation of God's people and the revelation. I mean, Jesus is the Messiah. That's what Christ means. And so Jesus was their deliverer. And so this is a, this is a Jewish context that, that we're reading into here. So God's people, his chosen people, were going around performing apparently exorcisms against these evil spirits but they weren't invoking 
the name of Jesus yet because they, they didn't either believe it or they didn't know it or, or whatever. And, in, and then when they began to see what, what we read earlier, these unusual miracles beginning to take place in the name of Jesus, they, they began to understand there is, there is a greater power here. There's a greater authority here. There's, there's something more here that maybe we can use. And so I, I believe as they were running up against maybe some stubborn spirits or something that was going on that it was just too hard, they said, well, let's use, let's use Paul's techniques. Let's, let's incorporate some of the values that Paul has, some of the key phrases and, and those things that, that Paul uh, is using. Let's, let's incorporate those into, into what we're doing as well. And we see the result isn't, isn't good. And I felt like the Lord said this is a picture for us. This is a picture of why, why have we been talking so much about intimacy? Why have we been talking so much about uh, cultivating a deeper relationship with Jesus? I mean, since January, we've been talking about this. Why? Well, this is why. This is sort of what everything has been leading up into. You see, there are things that are going to, to take place, and there are things in your life that are going to take place that, that can only come and come out through the power of Jesus. And it's not enough to know his name. It's not enough to say his name. You have to be in relationship with him. It's, it's completely, totally about relationship. We're, we're on a journey cultivating a relationship with Jesus. And so here we have a picture of what happens if you just tack on the name, if you just tack on some practices, if you just tack on a, a few religious rites and exercises, and then you begin to, to bump up against some no kidding, evil things that we are going to encounter in the world. It's not going to cut it. You need a relationship with Jesus, an intimate, personal relationship where you talk and you listen and you walk and, 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 you, and you love him and he loves you and you experience uh, the different facets of his, of his ways, of his character. Uh, you, you begin to commune with him and with the Father and with the Spirit. It's that kind of an intimate relationship that, that you're going to need in order to move into the new things that the Lord is moving us into. And we're moving into a new thing right now. This is, we're crossing over to some, some other land. We don't know. Just like Abraham, the Lord is saying, go. And we're saying, okay, where do we go? And we're just going. Nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody really knows where we're going. But as we move, we're going to need to move with a greater revelation of the importance of intimacy, with a greater revelation of his power, and with a greater authority that comes by relational proximity with Jesus. You know, it's interesting, and this is what I really felt the Lord put his finger on. These Jewish itinerant ministers had a lot of the Christian values. They, they had a lot of, of the history uh, of, of these Christ followers, right? I mean, we think about it. I mean, these, this is just who they were built upon. They, these were part of God's people. And they hadn't yet moved into the, the new thing that happened with Jesus coming. But, but even still, they carried the value system. I mean, think about the Ten Commandments. Think about all the history. That, that was their history. And so they carried and walked with that. And, and they took those values and they took those, those belief systems and they, they took even, um, even God into, into their situation. But it wasn't enough. You see, values alone, practices alone, all of that sort of thing alone, history alone, pedigree alone, 
It's not going to cut it. It just won't do it. You don't need values to change your situation. You need Jesus. You don't even need the values of Jesus to change your situation. You need Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that is going to be the change agent in your situation. And, and as I was praying into this and, and feeling uh, what, what I was going to talk about and, and beginning to ask the Lord these things, I, I, I kept seeing these people, and, and I don't know who you are, but it was just faces of, of, of people, and they were facing tremendous trials. They were, they were up against serious problems. And they were trying to solve these problems, relational problems, financial problems, health problems, um, you know, job problems, career problems, all kinds of problems. And they were trying to solve the problems using the things that they knew that, that really were birthed out of, out of a religious value system. They were trying to be good people. They were trying to, to, to do what they knew to do in order to change it. And what I felt like the Lord says is, is that you can't change anything without the change agent being Jesus. And it's only through Jesus can we actually begin to see change come and change happen. And so unless we cultivate a relationship with Jesus, we're, we're never, ever going to begin to see breakthrough come in our situations because he and he alone is the one that has the authority, that has the power, that has the, the presence, that has the plan, that has the peace of mind. It's his plan. And he has good plans for you. But, but his values and your history in the church and, and maybe uh, your spouse's relationship or your parents' relationship or, or whoever's relationship, uh, it, it, just, it ain't going to cut it. it. It's just not enough. You need to be listed among those who are known. It's a really interesting thing. And I'll tell you an interesting story. And I, I debated on whether or not I was going to, to tell this or not. But... Uh, a long time ago, when I was uh, uh, a teenager, I was on a mission trip and uh, in Scotland. We were staying in a castle. And very long story short, there was a crazy thing that happened. And honest to goodness, uh, someone was on the trip that was like, you know, needed deliverance from, from demons. And uh, it was a pretty scary time for me. And I really didn't have an intimate relationship with Jesus. I just sort of, I went to church. I knew what to say. Um, you know, it was a Pentecostal church, so I knew that I could raise my hands in, in worship. And uh, But I didn't really have, you know, uh, a very intimate relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, you're, if you've ever been on a mission trip, your, your spiritual, uh, you know, vocabulary is pretty high. And you're, you're feeling like you're really doing some incredible things. And, and so we were all sort of riding high on that. And then we're confronted with something that is like, you know, a little bit above our prey grades is what it felt like. And I remember I was, I was sort of going to, to pray uh, for them. And all of a sudden, and it's not like I had this memorized, uh, this thing popped into my head of this story uh, of these sons uh, of Sceva. And, and that line of, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know you. Um, was just echoing in my in my head, and and I took it as like I I I need to sort of you know just pray over here. Um, I don't know if I was right or if I was wrong. Uh, I believe it was from the Lord at that point. Uh, 
Uh, and fast forward now, I mean, there's, there's been a significant amount uh, of deliverance ministry that we've done. And uh, I know that they know who I am, right? I know that, that the situations that, that I'm confronted with, if it's an evil spirit, if it's a sickness, if there's a problem, I know that that problem, that that evil spirit, that whatever knows my name because of my relationship with Jesus. It's just so close. How could they not? And as I approach a situation that way, I'll tell you what you approach the situation with, with a confidence and with an authority that, that I haven't known before until these recent years. You see, it's not just our authority in Jesus. And we're going to talk more about this in the fall as we do our series on the authority of the believer. We're going to go through Ephesians. It's not just our authority in Jesus that's delegated to us by Jesus, which was, was what happens in the Great Commission. When he, com when he commands us to go and do likewise, he's, he's delegating his authority, he's giving us authority. He says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go. And he's commissioning us to go. But it's not just enough to have a delegated authority. If you've ever led anything, if you've ever been uh, a manager or a leader or uh, maybe a boss and you've come into a situation, um, there, there's different kinds of authority. There's delegated authority. There's positional authority. And those work to a certain extent. But if you really want to lead people and if you really want to lead people to change and, and to grow and to, and to move into new things that may be uncomfortable, uh, it's a relational authority that gets the job done. It's the authority that comes through close relationship with the one that's in charge. That kind of authority begins to, to clear paths and to make way and, and, and to actually accomplish the things that we're to accomplish. And so in, in wrapping this up, look, we've been talking about relationship and intimacy uh, for a long time. We, we've been talking about, uh, you know, the, the benefits of intimacy. It's been our word for the year, going deeper. And this is why, right? This is why there, there's many reasons why. And, and, and a lot of it is, is we've already talked about, but this is a big one because through that is going to come greater authority that you're going to need as we step into this season. And right now, I, I just, I just feel like you hear the Lord saying that there are people that are, that are listening to this right now that are beginning to experience this hunger that's growing for that kind of an intimacy. And you maybe have heard me talk about uh, an intimacy that, that maybe you don't, you don't know. But there's a hunger inside of you right now that you can feel uh, a holy discontent that you're, you're beginning to feel even right now uh, that says, I, I never experienced that. I want that. Maybe there are some of you that say, man, I feel like these sons of Sceva. I, I feel like there are, there are things that are in my path that I personally don't have the authority. Maybe there are sin patterns that are holding you back uh, from feeling like uh, you are in relationship with Jesus. Maybe there are things that you're continuing to walk in that the Lord has said, stop it. And you haven't listened. And you feel like that's creating a distance between you. Whatever it is, today is a wonderful day to put all of that aside and lay it at his feet and receive his forgiveness, receive his call and receive that love that he implants inside of you. You can't make yourself love him. You know that, right? 
he begins to birth that in you. So let's close in prayer. Jesus, we just invite you to come. We, we want you uh, to, to be Lord. We want to develop an intimacy. Uh, we want to grow in our relationship with you. Would you help us? Holy Spirit, would you, would you begin to pull that out of us? Would, would we be able to, to begin to walk in, in your ways? To begin to know you? Lord, we thank you. I ask, Father, that you bless your people and that you would just supernaturally begin to, to bring out a deepening relationship uh, with us as we go. And it's in your name we pray these things, Jesus. Amen. Look forward to seeing you. Uh, small groups, those signups are online right now. Healing rooms, uh, new believer classes, all of that sort of thing. We just, we, we can't wait uh, to see you. And uh, we're going to be doing a Q&A uh, tomorrow uh, with myself and with Matt. It's going to be live on Facebook at, uh, at 2.30. And we're going to talk about future plans for the church and what we're thinking as far as Corona stuff and opening back up and all of that sort of thing. So I encourage you to check that out. That's tomorrow uh, right here on Facebook um, at, uh, at 2.30 in the afternoon central time. Until then, we will, uh, we'll see you soon. For all upcoming events and more information about the Nashville Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nationalvineyard.org. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day.